Welcome to a second surprise Halloween episode of the I Wanna Believe podcast. I'm Nomar Slavik. The state of Maine has approximately 17.5 million acres of forested land. And the number of living trees is estimated to be 24 billion. We've got a lot of woods, and within those woods is a lot of history. An entire podcast series could be dedicated to the history of Maine's forests and its inhabitants. But for tonight, I'll be sharing the creepier side to one of Maine's smallest forests, and was a murder-suicide that occurred adjacent to a trail in those woods. Did it become the catalyst to a haunting? I'll let you know in a sec. Before we jump into the episode, I did want to give a reminder that all of our I Want to Believe social media and email are in the show notes. My brand new book, We Only Come Out at Night, is available for purchase. This book is a collection of short horror stories and can be found online at slevicstore.company.site or at the Greenhand Bookshop in Portland, Maine. Just check the show notes for those links and more. All right. Let's enter the old narrow gauge trail. This was originally the uh, right of way of the Kennebec Central Railroad. The Kennebec Central train was called a narrow gauge, which is a, a smaller version of what we consider a full size train. In 1929, the government gave the coal hauling contract to a trucking firm. So the Kennebec Central realized they weren't going to be profitable that year, so they, they abruptly closed operations and they pulled all the tracks and everything was basically removed and then this land was abandoned and it's been like that until the town decided to establish uh, their section of it as, as a nature trail. There is a, um, a true story. It was basically a, a, a murder, potentially murder-suicide issue. One of them, his first name was Norris, the other person's name was Larry. Larry was late for a couple months getting his check, so his caseworker began an investigation. It quickly narrowed down to Norris, his friend, was the main suspect as to what happened to Larry. Big police search, cadaver dogs, search teams, the whole works. Nothing has been found. The town of Randolph, Maine is located seven miles south of the state's capital, Augusta, and has a population of approximately 1,700 people. 
The town was originally named West Pittston and was incorporated on March 4, 1887. Within that same month, the name was changed to Randolph. It is reported that town officials changed the name to honor a man named Peyton Randolph and the town of Randolph, Massachusetts. Three years later, a railroad system was constructed in Gardner, Maine, and it was to run just five miles through Randolph and ended at the Togus National Veterans Home in the town of Chelsea. The train would run visitors and supplies to the Veterans Home and ceased operation in 1929. The town of Randolph now owns the 1.25 miles of the old railway that runs through their town and small forest. In 1985, local Boy Scouts, with help from the town and a conservation youth corp, turned the old railway into a nature trail and they named it the Old Narrow Gauge Volunteer Trail. While the trail was used by locals, it did not receive professional upkeep, and after a few years, it had become overgrown and local use dwindled. In 2003, the town approved a revival of the trail, and it is now maintained regularly. Local and tourist use of the trail has grown over the years. However, just one year after the trail's revival, a man went missing. A December 2004 article from the Lewiston Sun Journal stated, quote, Police say the search for a 55-year-old man whose best friend committed suicide this week has been suspended until spring. Investigators had been looking for Lawrence Bicycle Larry Farrell for more than a month, but the search intensified after Norris Perry took his own life Sunday. Before his death from an overdose of pills and alcohol, Perry left a phone message with a relative telling her she could find Farrell's body in a brook behind Perry's ramshackle trailer home." End quote. Now, the other side of that brook that was mentioned in the article, it's located on the old narrow gauge trail. Norris Perry owned a trailer on Fairview Avenue in Randolph. Lawrence, or Bicycle Larry as friends and locals called him, befriended Perry and stayed with him at the trailer from time to time. A Randolph resident, Dan Albert, who is the president of the Friends of the Old Narrow Gauge Volunteer Trail, wrote in the comments on the Haunted Places website, quote, Larry would often live with Norris when he ran out of money. Larry failed to get his check for a couple of months, so I believe a state caseworker made it known that Larry was missing. Long story short, the police became involved and they began to question Norris about Larry. Norris didn't like to be controlled by the system and knew that the police were going to do a search warrant on his trailer. He called his sister and left a phone message saying, This is Norris. I'm going to take a walk with the creator. If they are looking for Larry, he is by the brook. He took some drugs mixed with alcohol and killed himself. He never admitted to killing Larry, but claimed to know where their body was so we can only speculate his involvement." End quote. Before Larry's disappearance, the local police did receive reports from Perry's neighbors about a loud argument between the pair. The Sun Journal reported, quote, 
Investigators have labeled the disappearance suspicious, and detectives believe Farrell is dead. State Police Sergeant James Urquhart said, Norris committed suicide before we were able to get the whole story. Detectives are still looking for Farrell's bicycle, but are not sure what type he was riding before he vanished. There were reports that he was last seen riding on a red huffy or a gray mountain bike. Farrell, who often switched bikes, never picked up his November social security check and was reported missing by a social worker. Even as the official search warrant was suspended, Farrell's nephew began looking on his own in the area where police still think his body will be found. I was just going to walk the nature trail, said Scott Ware, 32 of Gardner. Ware continued, it goes up to the gully right down the road where Norris lived. Both of Larry's parents died this year and we want closure. We pretty much know that Larry's dead, end quote. As of this recording, neither Farrell's bicycle or body have been found. Not long after Farrell's disappearance, locals started to report strange sights and sounds within the trail and the forest that surrounds it. There have been reports of shadow people, screams, disembodied voices, and phantom train whistles. Dan Albert told the Rails to Trails website that while he hasn't witnessed any apparitions, he did have an auditory experience. He explained that while he was walking the trail one day, a remote portion, he heard what he believed to be a train whistle. He stated, quote, It's a unique sound because nobody has those whistles anymore. It was high-pitched and two-toned. I heard it twice. End quote. An Augusta resident named Emily reported that she and two friends visited the trail on March 10th, 2017 at approximately 11.30 p.m. She stated, quote, We were all very skeptical and I personally did not want to go on the trail, but I went anyway. We parked down the street and we walked to the entrance. We stood there for a few minutes contemplating whether we wanted to go through with this. We made it 200 feet in and stopped to see if we could hear anything strange. I looked ahead and saw nothing but pure darkness and what looked like a dark tunnel formed by trees. We decided to not walk any further and to stop and listen for a while. Dead silence. There was not even a single noise. At that very moment, a feeling took over my body and I felt strange. A weird kind of strange that I can't explain. I felt like we didn't belong there and that we needed to get out as soon as possible. My friend grabbed my arm and said we need to go and we were about to start walking when we all heard a high-pitched woman's voice yelling, help. We all sprinted as fast as we could towards the road. When we made it there, my friends screamed because they saw a shadowy figure moving near the road into the woods. We all ran to the truck as fast as we could, but halfway there, we all heard a whistle like someone was trying to get our attention, but no one was there. Needless to say, this was a sketchy experience for all of us. End quote.
In the fall of 2019, Lisa and Corey, two paranormal enthusiasts, ventured into the Randolph Woods. A portion of their blog reads, quote, The trail has many different parts to it. There is a creek you must cross, benches to sit and take in some views, a busy road you need to cross if you want to continue, and some houses. It's really a lovely place to be on a Saturday afternoon. Corey did most of the talking. He kept asking for Larry to show him something. He asked if he was still around and if he could make himself known. Meanwhile, I was tasked with keeping the dogs on the trail and close to us. I kept failing at my job. One thing I didn't fail at was getting more EMF activity than Corey. I got a large spike at the bend of the creek. People told us that it was the granite and the water that caused the spike. I'm not sure what it was, but it was a neat feeling to see the reader go to an 8.9 while I was holding it." End quote. At the time of this portion of the recording of this episode, I have not been to the forest and trail. However, I will be visiting the area with Kyle on October 24th, 2021. That's just a few days from now. I will be recording on site and we're excited to find out if we will see or feel anything or maybe even catch an EVP or two. Also, I will be riding my bicycle on that very same trail as Larry Farrell did. My hope is that it may elicit some sort of connection and perhaps I'll have an experience. Kyle will be stationed around the entrance to try and observe any sightings or sounds. Now, before I cut over to that recording, I'd like to share another story from the forest. Instead of me telling the story, I'm going to let the team from Haunt Me explain what they discovered when they investigated the area. There is a visual component and there is an audio component. The visual component, I will share a screenshot of what they found in the show notes. This is from Season 5, Episode 3, and they named the episode The Old Narrow Gauge Trail. So I love my tech, and so I treated myself this season at Haunt Me, and I got a FLIR attachment for my cell phone. As soon as the sun sets, we're not going to be able to see anything at all, and it's going to be really important for us to see skunks and porcupines out here. So it is a way to see heat signatures. Oh my god, you guys. What? If there is something out there, it shows up so scarily. Seeing you guys over there is haunting. Huh? Yeah. Yeah. Like in the distance, you mean? Yeah. yeah, I can see Nick, I'm assuming he's up on the hill. I hope. Very disturbing. Okay. Yeah, I'm gonna take a picture so you guys can see what this looks like. Here, it shows that the current hottest temperature on screen is represented by white, then red, and then as it cools down, it turns blue. Oh, God. Do you see Nick up on the hill? That? That, actually, no. No, that's Nick. That's Nick, what's that? Yeah, what oh. is that? Uh, There's something behind me. <laughs> There's literally something behind you in this picture. <laughs> I thought that that was you. And I, was like, oh. I was looking back towards our producer who was filming us walk across a bridge, and we all saw that there is a very prominent heat signature standing behind him. I don't know what it is. Um, I'm not going to say that it's absolutely paranormal because it could have been a bear. But either way, it's still not great to have someone alone on a hill with something slowly encroaching towards them. So we marked it and we moved on. I left the recorder underneath uh, that place the whole yeah. time. So there might be all kinds of surprises on there. Interestingly enough, 
we caught something. Now, we left it there completely alone. I got rid of all the animal sounds scurrying around my recorder throughout the night. But what I did catch was what sounded like a train whistle moving through. And that is really incredible to link it up to what we were told of, of this type of area, what other people have heard, and the fact that it is actually on a train bed that is derelict. Okay, let's finally move on to our own adventures on the old narrow gauge trail. We're going to start right from the beginning as I go to pick up Kyle. Let's go get Kyle. Hey, buddy. Hey, didn't you get any of my texts saying fuck you and don't come? <laughs> no, and I, I'm recording, and that's amazing that you said that. <laughs> I don't know if I'll use it, but that's amazing. <laughs> Let's say we go to uh, Randolph, no. check out this trail. Let's go get you a bike ride. Yeah. All right, I'm at the start of the narrow gauge trail. I'm a little farther down the trail now, so it's not as loud with traffic. There's a little brook here. So I might be looking at the brook that Norris claims to have potentially put Larry in. Just gonna stop here for a little bit and see if I can feel anything, try to talk to Larry a little bit. Sorry if it's so windy. There's a dog. There's high ridges on either side of me. Hey Larry, it's Nomar. I'm on my bike too. You wanna go for a ride with me? He can show me where he used to go? Larry, you here? You think you could do something to show me that you're here? If you can see me and see my hands, if you talk into my hands, I'll be able to record your voice by something that I'm holding. You wanna try doing that? just wanted to cut in really quick and explain that I stayed in this particular area for about 15 minutes uh, just waiting for some sort of response that I could potentially hear while on site or to give the recorder enough time to potentially pick up an EVP. Alright, back to the recording. There's absolutely nobody else on this trail right now. I think on the other end of the trail where it crosses route, I think it's 226. Saw some cars parked over there at the continuation of the other part of the trail. But on this part, this portion, there's there's absolutely nobody, but it's it's got a vibe. It's uh it's, it's a little unsettling. I'll take pictures, but on on the right side of me there's just a really large ridge that probably goes up 50, 60 feet. Then on the left side is another ridge and that probably goes up 40 feet. 
Alright, I wanted to cut in again here because I don't know if you heard that portion where I say there's another ridge and it probably goes up 40 feet. Right after that, there was this little weird radio transmission interference thing, and I'm just going to repeat it right now uh, three times in a row louder. I'm really not sure what it means, but it was certainly something that was captured on the recorder and not something that I heard with my ears. I just wanted to make sure that I highlighted it here. All right, we'll continue on with the recording. I think I'm unsettled just because I know the story here. It is the middle of the day. It's about 1 p.m. right now. And it is serene. It's nice. It's littered with leaves. So it'd be really easy to hear somebody walking. And Ollie hears the brook. All right, Larry. One more chance and then I'm going to go further down the trail. Do you think you could show me a sign that you're here? I'm hearing movement in the leaves off in the distance. Not too far. Maybe 30 feet ahead. I mean, it sounds like somebody walking, but it could just be birds. Maybe a deer. I don't see anything, though. All right. Oh, hello. All right, I'm going to take some pictures right in this specific area. Yeah, <laughs> I'll get going. And uh, and then go down the trail more. So a lot of these recordings have been edited for time. There were longer moments of silence in between questions and uh, just something I wanted to point out. I'm at a crossing where the brook goes underneath the path. And again, this is the brook where supposedly Norris Perry dumped Larry. Maybe we can try a little session here. Hey, Larry. I'm at the brook now where it goes underneath the trail. Was this your final resting place? Any sign that you hear, Larry? Can you do anything? Not really sure what it is you could do. Perhaps throw a rock either at me or into the water. Not a big one if you're going to throw it at me, though. It looks like the trail curves up ahead. So I can't really see down it from where I'm at. That sounded like a gunshot. Wow, uh, okay, I'm sorry for the hard edit here, but I just finished editing uh, the entire episode, actually, and it's uh, it's about 9.15pm on October 26, 2021, and I've been editing this episode on and off all day, and I got done around uh, 8 o'clock or so, so I've been listening to it back after it's all mixed and mastered, it's something I always do just to make sure I like how everything sounds. And I think I missed an EVP. I'm plugging this in right after the uh, gunshot sound that we heard. After the gunshot, is there maybe a scream that you can hear? Is that an EVP or... It's awful to even think about, but was that an actual scream? I don't know, but here is the audio 
of it. And again, apologies for cutting in like this and also apologies for all of the wind sounds that you heard and all that stuff. But anyways, when you're in the field and recording, that's, I guess for me anyways, that's how it goes, but all right, here's that gunshot. Oh, I'm going to play back the gunshot and the scream after it. And then I'm going to repeat just the scream portion, uh, like three times or so. All right, here it is. So what do you think that is? Is that just sounds from the forest and, and being outside mixed in with that echo of the gunshot? Is that potentially an haunted scream of some sort? Or was that a real scream? I don't know. Let me know what you think. Okay, going back to the actual episode now. Alright, continuing on. We are reaching the portion of the trail where it crosses over the busy road and into the older part of the trail. It's not as bike friendly, so I don't know how far I can go bike-wise, but I guess there's washouts that can happen, things like that. Every story that I'm reading about Bicycle Larry is that he traversed the entire trail that's in Randolph with his bike. So I am going to try to make it over there. Before we cross over though and get closer to the road where it's going to get loud again, I like to do another EVP session. Oh, there's homes right off the trail. Uh, some of the homes they could look out the window and see into the trail. So if something nefarious happened out here, at least in this portion, if this was where Larry was attacked, I don't think it would be in this portion. I think it would either be in the older part that's up ahead or in one of the rem more remote sections back down the trail where I was. Okay, Larry, I just wanted to, do, wanted to talk to you again before I crossed over to the older part of the trail. It seems as though this is the more bike-friendly portion did you spend most of your time over here? Okay, I wanted to cut in here because on the recorder, obviously I didn't hear anything uh, at the time when I was on site, but on the recorder where I said, did you spend most of your time over here? There's some sort of voice or something that I hear. And again, I have turned the volume way up. So if you're listening with headphones, watch out. It does sound like there's some voices there. To me, it kind of almost sounds like it's a portion of a baseball game with like crowd cheering and maybe it's an announcer. So maybe my Zoom is somehow picking up a playoff game. I'm not sure if a playoff game was happening on October 24th at around 1 to 2 p.m. So you can tell me if that's a thing. I could also look that up, but I'm not going to do that in the middle of this recording. Anyways, if that's what it sounds like to you, cool. It is kind of what it sounds like to me, but hear it for yourself. Here you go. All right, we'll continue on with the recording. Going from Water Street over to Route 226. It's a good cut through. It avoids all the, the busy roads on either side. Now there's been reports of shadow people, little orbs of light, screams. So Larry, I know I've been asking for signs that you're here, but I'm just gonna 
comes right out and asks, what happened to you? How did your life come to an end? Remember, if you can see my hands, you can talk into them and the device that I'm holding has the potential to record your voice. So please, walk right up to me and speak into my hands. Did Norris Perry hurt you? Okay, cutting in again. Now, after I said, did Norris Perry hurt you? There was, I don't know if it's a growl, there's some sort of sound that I hear and it kind of sounds like, hot, arr, arr, arr. So I copied that three times and raised the volume. There is some noise reduction that I put in there as well. And uh, I don't know, tell me what you hear. All right, we'll continue on with the recording. It's weird, I'm kind of getting a, I'm getting a creepier vibe than I had before. Like riding through here in between the recording sessions. I mean, it's just serene, it's a cool trail to ride. Not very long, but it's cool. But I'm just getting a, I don't know, just that weird feeling in the back of your neck, you know? And it started when I asked how, how he was hurt. But again, this I could be just influencing my my own self. So I don't know. Nothing out of the ordinary appears to be happening. Visually, I'm not seeing anything. I'm not seeing shadow people. I haven't heard screams of any kind. Just the wind, leaves, and the traffic. All right, going to continue on. All right, I am on the older portion of the trail now. It's certainly much more narrow. Definitely more of a walking path, but I've been on paths just as narrow with my bike, so I think it'll be fine, and I could see Larry coming through here. Um, it feels more remote. There's no houses on either side like it was on the newer and bigger portion of the trail. Huh. There is a car parked at the trailhead for this portion, so there is somebody down the trail somewhere. But we'll try an EVP session right here. Hey Larry, I've crossed over the busy road and I'm on the more remote side, the older side of the trail. Did you come through here too? And I know I've only been asking for Larry, but if there's anybody, anybody here at all, I'd love to talk to you. I'll make sure I do that on my way back through, ask for anybody instead of just Larry. Wind's picking up a little bit. Anybody here with me? Hopefully the wind isn't ruining all of this. I haven't played anything back yet. Oh, there's whoever is on the trail coming down this way. It's a couple. I'm gonna ask them about Bicycle Larry. How's it going? Yeah, a little windy, but it's not cold. I wanted to know if I could ask you guys a question. Are you familiar with the story of uh, Bicycle Larry? No. No? Um, I've heard a story. Yeah. I don't know who it's about, but... There's a gentleman uh, by the name of Larry Farrell. And he lived in town, a bit of a transient from what I've read. And he traversed these this trail. 
and uh, was apparently murdered, went missing in 2004. And a gentleman named Norris Perry is suspected to be huh. responsible. However, he has since passed as well. Yeah. And just wondering if you've heard of this trail being haunted at all. Oh yeah. We have heard. Yeah. yeah. Heard um, the other end of the trail, yeah. especially back, you know, by um, by the supermarket. Yep. Yeah. That's uh, that's supposedly haunted. Okay. Yeah. And didn't they say something at Rickabas Hall about, or didn't they try to contact someone to come here and something? I don't yeah, know. Yeah. But, but, who knows? May Larry be happy. Yeah, hopefully he's, yeah, hopefully he's in a good place. Yeah. Uh, how's the trail up this way with the bike? Is it washed out at all or anything? Um, well, you can go quite a ways. Yeah, go quite a ways. cool. You go quite a ways. Yeah. Yeah wanted to cut in here to say that talking with that couple was really cool they were really nice pretty cool that you know a couple of locals from the area they were at the very least familiar with the trail being haunted and you know the woman had heard uh, i guess a particular story about somebody and i guess my story of bicycleary kind of reminded her of of that even if she didn't know him by name and that other portion of the trail where it had the creepy feeling and it's interesting that uh, the other person said that that was the part of the trail that was considered to be haunted all right moving on to the next portion well, after talking to those nice people, I continued up the trail a little ways, and there's this cute little uh, footbridge that allows you to cross part of the stream here. Uh, the trail's been good for riding. If it were me, I could see kind of chilling at this bridge a little bit. So I'm just going to see if uh, maybe this is a place Larry likes to go. Hey, Larry, it's me again. Honestly, anybody... Anybody that's out here is chilling by the footbridge. I'm looking into the woods on either side of the trail just to see if I can see anything. If this place is haunted, maybe maybe this is where they go for relaxation, for calmness. I could see that. It's beautiful. After I was talking about the sereneness of the area and that it's beautiful the wind kind of really picked up and basically ruined all of the recording you can hear what i'm saying but it's frustrating to hear the constant wind on the microphone so we're just cutting to the next portion of where i stopped on the trail here you go all right we are at the portion of the trail that has been described by others as being darker than what is naturally possible during the daytime. For me, I'm seeing that as well, but only because of the tree cover. It doesn't seem paranormal at all. It doesn't feel creepy like it did on the other side. So I'm thinking it's just because of the tree cover. I mean, there are some spots where you can barely see the sky. So it's, it's looking darker than it should, but I think that's natural because of the trees. All right, moving on. Well, I'm at a portion of the trail now where I feel more comfortable walking the bike. It's a little steep on one side of me and a very narrow path. And I'm a klutz, <laughs> so I don't want to fall over into the brook, potentially break my neck, because that would be my luck. Again, it's not. Not feeling weird over here. 
let's see how far I'm in miles wise let's see here <laughs> just one and a quarter mile so I must be nearing the end of the trail here goodest place I need to stop for a little EVP anybody here with me Could you make some sort of obvious sound? Throw something into the water. That's to my right. Maybe you can manifest yourself as best you can. I'm looking down the path right now. I am hearing movement in the leaves. That sounds like walking, but... And obviously I'm not seeing anybody. Besides the wind, it is so still. Remember the crows we were hearing earlier? There's just nothing. Which, some of us know what that could be a sign of. <laughs> but, I'm not going there just yet. Anybody here with me? Anybody want to talk to me? Just hear the wind picking up. Maybe a plane going overhead. A jet. Alright, moving on. Okay, I uh, I just came across like a makeshift tent, a coverall if you will, maybe tarp and some tree limbs. And I took some pictures of it, that'll be in the show notes, but while I was stopped and taking pictures of it, which I was on the trail, this was off the trail, but I stayed on the, on the trail to take the picture. I heard a bag being zipped up or maybe like rope being pulled down as if it were tied into a tree or something. Just like that whipping, zipping type of sound. And then I heard a little bit of leaves crunching. So I hopped on the bike and I'm going back through that area where I felt uncomfortable riding the bike because of the brook that was on the right of me. It's on the left of me now. But I wanted to get away from that area quicker than just walking with a bike. I don't see anybody in the path, but probably nothing, but it kind of freaked me out. I, for some reason, I didn't see it on my way by the first time. And I was probably just looking, probably just looking the other direction. All right, I'm going to keep going. All right, I made it back to the other side of the busy road, 226, I believe. So I'm back to the wider portion, the portion that that couple said is haunted more. I'm obviously away from whatever serial killer that was <laughs> that I heard on the other side. Although I didn't see anybody, I just heard a little strange sound and saw that makeshift tent. But I'm fine, I survived, so that's cool. All right, gonna cut in here and say that the continuation of what I was recording there, the wind picked up again, and it was just too annoying to play here. But that makeshift lean-to thing that I saw in the woods, just kind of weird that I didn't see it on the way, but again, I was probably literally just looking the opposite direction. But to hear that, I don't know if it was a zipping up or down of a bag. I, picture, I pictured some serial killer with a duffel bag with weapons in it, and they unzipped it quickly to pull out a weapon to attack me because that's what my mind does. I didn't see anything, just heard a little bit of the leaves rustling after that zipping sound or that rope being pulled down a tree type of sound. And that was it. So, and nothing too big there. It was just 
kind of a real-life freak-out moment <laughs> for me. Anyways, we're moving on towards the end. Uh, what you're hearing next is me getting back in the car with Kyle. All right, well, I'm back at the car with Kyle. Did you see anything, witness anything? I mean, I know we're at uh, Goggins IGA parking lot. Not really. At one point, I thought I heard a scream, but it was definitely a car brakes uh, making the sound. Uh, I heard some dogs barking. Might have been the same dog I heard. Maybe, yeah. And uh, they were barking at a dog that was also here in this parking lot. Like, uh, <laughs> the guy was walking him through the parking lot, and then all of a sudden I heard dogs barking at him. But other than that, no, I, I could see people come through the trail. Yeah. And then come out on the other side here. But other than that, I didn't didn't see anything or hear anything out of the ordinary yeah mine was pretty uneventful too i know i just kind of gave you the full download on everything that i did while i was on the trail but just as a brief recap i had that weird feeling on this portion of the trail that's closest to the iga parking lot and it didn't last forever on my way back through i stopped in that same area just to see if i kind of felt the same way i didn't so who knows if I was just kind of influencing myself with uh, what I know happened in the area. So I don't know. Fairly uneventful. But other than that, signing off, you want to go get some lunch? Sure. All right. Where do you want to go? I don't know. Augusta? Might as well. We're close. I guess. Close enough. All right. We're signing off for now. Bye. And that brings us to the end of this episode of the I Want to Believe podcast. I hope you enjoyed our adventures at the old narrow gauge trail in Randolph, Maine. And if you'd like to come out to the trail, they would love to have you. Just remember to be respectful at what might be lurking in those woods. As for Bicycle Larry, I hope you're resting in peace. And if you can, Go to that tranquil footbridge area of the trail and just hang out and look up at the sun and know that there are people that love and miss you. And I guess the only other thing left to say is happy Halloween. We'll see you in November with Valerie. We'll be talking about dogmen. I'm Nomar Slavic. Go, go! Spooky, scary skeletons and shivers down your spine. Shrieking skulls will shock your soul, seal your doom tonight. Spooky, scary skeletons speak with such a screech. You'll shake and shudder in surprise when you hear these zombies shriek. We're so sorry, skeleton.